0: Good bone health makes active aging possible. Join us for inspiring conversations from diverse perspectives in osteoporosis from patients, healthcare providers, caregivers, policymakers, researchers, advocates, and innovators. Protect your ability to live your best life. The information and opinions expressed in Bone Talk are not intended to replace the services of trained and qualified health professionals or to be a substitute for medical advice of physicians. You may review the National Osteoporosis Foundation's full medical disclaimer at nof.org.
1: Hi everyone, I'm Barbara Hannah grufferman Welcome to Bone Talk. Today, we're taking a deep dive into why and how we lose muscle mass as we get older, and just as important, what we can do about it. Because here's the thing, muscle loss starts to happen as early as age 40, and if you do nothing about it... The loss gets increasingly worse, resulting in weakness, frailty, loss of mobility, and putting you at a much greater risk of falling and fracturing a bone, especially if you have low bone density too. The medical term for this condition is sarcopenia, and it's very closely connected to osteoporosis. In fact, many medical experts believe sarcopenia can contribute to low bone density. Geriatrician Dr. John Morley recently wrote, Sarcopenia can be considered for muscle, what osteoporosis is to bone, and urged people to take the necessary steps to keep both muscles and bones strong. And Dr. Jeremy Walston from Johns Hopkins wrote, sarcopenia is one of the most important causes of functional decline and loss of independence in older adults. There are lots of reasons why someone can lose muscle mass, hormonal changes like menopause, poor nutrition, chronic illness, inflammation, and of course, a decline in physical activity, which will be our main focus today because this is one cause of loss of muscle mass that really is in our control. My guest today is Shona Hendricks, a sports scientist and head of athlete success at CoachParry.com which is a global platform based in South Africa that offers training programs for all ages, abilities, and forms of exercise. Full disclosure, I personally use the Coach Parry Fast Beyond 50 online training program, which is how I met Jonah, who among other things also leads the live online strength training classes, which I really missed way too often. I should mention that she's also the creator Of the Running Through Menopause Training Framework. Welcome to Bone Talk, Shona. Hi, Barbara. Thanks so much for having me. We have a lot to talk about, and I know you're going to guide us greatly as we talk about building up our muscle mass as we lose it and as we get older. Okay, Shona, in a recent New York Times article written by health journalist Jane Brody, who we all love, she wrote... The fact that you may regularly run, walk, play tennis, or even ride a bike is just not adequate to prevent an incremental loss of muscle mass and strength, even in the muscles that you're using, as well as those not adequately stressed by your, that usual activity. Strengthening all your skeletal muscles, not just the neglected ones, just may keep you from landing in the emergency room or a nursing home after a fall. Shona, I know how much you and everyone else at Coach Parry really stress the importance of strength training, whatever the chosen sport is, mine happens to be running. Tell us, why is such a focus on strength training?
2: Yeah, Barbara, you, you actually hit the nail on the head uh, in your introduction. Where you said that essentially we start the aging process, I and mean, you said in, in the 40s. I mean, some of the papers that I've read say it's as early in, in as your 30s. And and there is just this very linear kind of loss of muscle mass over over the years. It's quite a natural sort of process. But, you know, when we get much older and then we're going in towards our 50s, it actually becomes quite exponential. And then that loss becomes quite really, really great. And uh, I mean, there's a couple of papers around that show, you know, some females that are in their 60s, close to 70s can't even lift around a, you know, eight to 10 pound bag of dog food or pet food, you know, and, so it is just, it's just—it's—it's really detrimental, not only to your activities of daily living, but also really to, you know, to your sports and your performance. And so this is why strength training is so important. And I actually like to use the word resistance training a little bit more than strength training, because sometimes I think strength training scares people off a little bit, you know, we, we want to focus on- It makes you on- think of like lifting the heavy weights and the, yeah, which isn't not necessarily true. Yeah, thinking about the Tokyo Olympics and lifting those weights it's, and you know and that's not exactly it you know and we're looking to for or, or push against some form of resistance so that we can build that lean muscle mass back you know we need to start combating it like as you said it's the one area of of this aging or, or loss of of muscle mass that we're actually in control of and for me there's two aspects here yes very much a sporting aspect and a performance aspect it is going to help you get better at your sports it's going to help you get have longevity in your sport as well, you know, and that you can play sports or run and do all of that for as long as you want to. But then there's also a general health aspect. I have a an athlete that we work with at Coach Perry, her name's Stella, Stella O'Shea. And I mean, she's just got a, a phenomenal story. And I mean, many, many things, but she survived cancer and so on. And when she came to us, she, was, she, well, she started running park runs. And, and so we've really managed to help her with her running. She's dropped her running down from 33 minutes for 5K down to 27. But that's not even my favorite part of the story. My favorite part is she says to me, Shona, since I've been doing all of the strength training, you know, I used to, when I was on the rowing ergo, I used to have to pull myself up from the rowing ergo. And now, because of all that strength training, she says, I don't have to do that. I, I can just stand up. And so there's just such an important aspect that we need to start rebuilding this lean muscle mass, because it's, it's going to affect our Activities of daily living and our quality of life, as well as our sporting performance. So, yeah, there's just so many facets that that we can be in control of. You're right. It's not just about sports, it is about
1: real life. It's about lifting that heavy frying pan when you're cooking. It's about if you have grandchildren or children, you want to lift them up or lift up your, like my dog is 58 pounds. I can still lift him, and I'm proud to say it. I want to be able to do those things or be able to get up off the floor. All of these things are really, really important. So everyone listening, it's not just if you're doing a sport, although having a sport is a wonderful thing and you should definitely consider it, but it's just your everyday life would be much more enjoyable. We know, Shona, that it is very hard to reverse bone loss without medication. It's hard. But the good news is that with muscle loss, you can rebuild it. And there are, you know, different ways to do that. Nutrition is one, certainly, I'm going to start using your term now, resistance training is another. And, you know, there are certain exercises that are really critical to achieving this, to rebuilding your muscle loss. So what are some of these kind of what we could call the foundation exercises that people should be doing, whether they're involved in the sport or not, just should be doing and how often, what are they?
2: Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's not even so much about the specific exercises, and I'm happy to give some examples of those now, but let's just focus on the principle of, of resistance training or strength training, resistance training. We want to be able to push your, your body against some form of resistance. So whether that is, and again, because I know people start getting a little bit scared when I say resistance training or body weight or, or weight training, they think, you know, I'm going to bulk up. But Resistance training, and that's why I prefer that term is it can be your body weight. You know if you're moving yourself against your own body weight, that is a form of resistance. and then obviously you get stronger and you then progress. We can then start using things like bands. You know that's also a form of resistance I and love then even, bands. For, yeah, the bands are, I love and you them. can do you can do so much with them, Barbara, I mean, you you know some of the stuff that we've done, and it's uh, you, there's so much versatility. And they also have different levels of resistance, you know, and so there's always so much more to play with. And then of course, yes, weights are important. They are so important for bone mineral density, as well as then obviously building that lean muscle mass, you know, and so the principles are true from that perspective. And so then really the exercises that you do can be multitude, it could, you know, so it's, it's infinite essentially. But I mean, the core things that I like to focus on in particular, probably for running, I mean, because that's really how, how we know each other as well. But as you know, you want to focus on the prime movers of your sport. So uh, in running, it would be your quadriceps and your hamstrings and your glutes and your lower limb sort of uh, muscles, as well as upper body. We often forget the upper body and we want to maintain your muscle mass up there as well. So exercises like squats, squats are always in my programs. I know there's a misconception around how squats are bad for your knees. I, uh, I always have quite a flippant response, and I always say, "Well, doing nothing is actually really bad for your knees, as opposed to squats." (laughs) That's true. And yeah, and I actually, you know, performing squats poorly with bad technique is bad for your knees, of course. So, squats definitely. I love deadlifts, single leg deadlifts, lots of hip raises, lots of things to work the glutes calf raises and, and really small calf raises, we're working on the stabilizers. And all of this stuff can be done with weight or load to then really start building that lean muscle mass again. Of course, sorry, Barry, let me just say there's of course, contraindications you know, to people who do have uh, you know, some form of osteopenia or osteoarthritis. We have to take that into account and just change the exercises in a certain way to help, uh, help along that sort of process.
1: Yes, thank you, Shona, for pointing that out. Absolutely. If you do have osteoporosis, then you will have to adjust your exercises for sure. I have in my little program that I've been doing for a number of years, ever since I discovered just when I turned 50, was postmenopausal, fell and broke my arm, and I started to really focus on resistance training. I incorporated the uh, squats, of course, is almost my number one, and I think the key is you're right. You can hurt your knees if you don't do it correctly, and you have to kind of really put your gluteus maximus as far out as possible there it is. as you're lowering your body down, and there's some great videos online, and certainly everyone go to coachperry.com. Lots of videos you can check out, too, online on YouTube. I myself have a video. You can check mine out as well. I I did it a few years ago, but I'm still doing it now. So you want to be able to do that. And also simple push-ups. Push-ups are so important. And my favorite overall, I think, a toning, full body toning exercise is the plank. So these are things I do every single day. And by the way, I just started to incorporate in a more serious way, meaning regular way, wall sits. So I've been really challenging myself with the wall sit. That's everyone is where you lean up against a wall or, you know, stand at a wall and then lower your body down and then until your legs are your thighs are parallel to the floor. So 90 degree angle. And you'll hold it as long as you can. And I've been holding it now for about four minutes. So I'm really proud of myself. Oh, wow. Amazing. <laughs> so well done. that's a really, really good for a lower body as well. But there are things you can do. You don't need to go to a gym. You don't need to spend a lot of money. And this is something else I always like to make sure people, people know. And I guess... With regards to how long do they do these for? How often? I mean, you, please tell us. I think strength training, resistance training, is something you shouldn't do every day. Is that true, or what do you suggest?
2: Yeah, I think you know, I'm I'm not a fan of doing something every day because I really believe in in recovery and rest. You know, and so because that's mm-hmm. where you get the adaptation is in that rest and recovery. The science tells us that if we want to reverse these effects of aging, the the sarcopenia and the loss of of muscle mass which is possible. You can reverse those effects. We need to be doing at least three sessions of of strength in a week. Yes. So that's at least. And then obviously, if you're running and playing other sports, you know, you need to take all of that into account. You have to take life into account as well. And so for my runners, I I say two to three times a week. And again, you know, if you can't get in three, uh, our head coach always says two is better than one and one is better than none. You know, so if you can only get in one a week, start with that. And you will see, and then once you get into the routine, you will build up. But to reverse the effects of aging, we are looking for three times a week, those sessions in and around 35 to 45 minutes. You know, if you, if you know what you're doing and you've got a good program and you're following it well, you don't need to be going longer than that. And I love your point. It doesn't need to be done in a gym. I know some people detest the gym. And I suppose in, in COVID times, we're not really going back into gyms just yet. Well, Not where I am, anyways. But yeah, we just, you know, you can do a lot of this at home, like I said, with some very basic equipment. Yeah. Three times a week, I would say, probably the maximum I would say would then be five times a week, but then those would need to be shorter sessions. And perhaps you're then focusing more one day lower body, one day upper body, one day core. You know, you can you really can move things around in that sort of way. But yeah, I think the basics would be a 45-minute session, a multitude of body parts and and you know, prime movers. Don't ever neglect the core. And when I say core, everyone always just thinks your nice little abdominal muscles. Obviously, the core is, if you think about your, your spine, this is your spine, the core is essentially all the muscles that control or surround the spine. So that's the muscles at the back and in the front and on the side. And yeah, there's that's just obviously vital. And runners in particular always neglect their glutes and their hamstrings. So all of that will just play a massive role in in helping your performance and your activities of daily living as well.
1: Absolutely. And everything is Connected and again, everyone do think about the plank. The plank really is a great. You mentioned the core because we always think our lower body, upper body, but what about that midsection and including the back? And the plank I have found has been incredible in helping me keep my my whole body strong, but specifically my core. I'm not really big believer in uh, sit ups. By the way, that's not Uh, something I do. I just don't do. I think that they can be very harmful.
2: Yeah, you and I, uh, this is why we get on, Barbara, because I'm not a massive fan. I mean, we do we do, do them. They have a place, but that's just that continued flexion in the back because most people mm-hmm. don't do sit-ups correctly. And if you're doing, and they always say right. do a crunch, you know, just, just, and everyone tends to crunch and they crunch on their neck and they hurt and then they're using the wrong muscles. There's ways where you can do a, a proper crunch. If you're lying on your back with your knees bent and you're trying to rather aim to get your chest up to the ceiling. So almost imagine that mm-hmm. someone is tugging you on your chin even if you don't mm-hmm. go all the way up to your knees, even if it's a tiny little lift off the floor, that would be far more effective than sitting doing some sit-ups where you stick your feet under your bed and just go up and down. I agree. It, you know, taking into account if people do, you know, as we're getting older, there's there's opportunities, you know, for disc herniations and and and. And if you are already weak, there are so many variations of the plank and other pelvic stability exercises that you can do that I agree. We're so much more effective than than sit-ups. You got me. You got me on a roll there because I'm not a fan <laughs> of sit-ups. So yeah. I'm
1: really, really not. I wrote about it a few years ago, and I just I did some research on it. And for all the reasons that you said and more, I am not a fan of sit-ups. And and you just don't need them when there are so many yeah. other forms of exercise that you can do that exactly. will really achieve the same thing. And by the way, everyone, don't get overwhelmed. These are very simple things. We're ta- when we're, we're not saying they're easy to do. No, 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 no. And they shouldn't be easy. That's the whole point. And I think, Shona, you would probably agree that if they become too easy as you're doing them, you need to step it up a little bit. (laughs) You need to keep pushing your muscles. But if if you're not sure how to do these things properly, do go online, look at some YouTube videos. I think that's really important, especially if you don't want to go into a gym at this time. I know I've never been a gym person. I've always done this on my own. I got some really good initial instruction. And now, of course, I am you know, plugging into Coach Perry, either live, which again, I don't do enough, but I look at the videos after the fact. Thank you very much, Shona. (laughs) awesome. Let's talk about food for a minute to help with building muscle. Protein. I see studies that say that certainly in America, Americans get enough protein right now. But as we get older, uh, we probably aren't getting enough protein for what our body about Our bodies need, especially if we're going to start taxing our bodies more by doing these resistance training exercises. What are your thoughts on this?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, let me let me just say that I, I, mean, I have some knowledge on this. I mean, my my spe- my speciality is not dietetics, dietetics or dietitian, but but obviously we we have done some work in and around this area. And yes, the science is is quite clear that as we're getting older, we do need to start increasing that protein intake because what it does is it just complements your strength training your muscles, essentially part of the composition of a muscle is protein. And so when we're exercising, what is happening is that there's actually little muscle fiber tears. The muscle fibers are tearing, they're breaking down. And then when you're recovering, when you're resting and recovering, they build themselves up and they get stronger. And so we can use nutrition in such a powerful way to help that process. And if we use nutrition right and do it correctly with strength training, it helps build your lean muscle mass more because then you're taking in more protein which will help that the, the muscle get stronger and bigger. And that's essentially why we're really advocating that we, we do have a little bit more protein in our diets. I, I'm a big advocate to say, you know, in particular for females, try not to increase your protein intake at the expense of carbohydrates. I know there's concerns around weight loss and all the rest, but we really, especially if you're exercising, just make sure that we're managing that input and output in, in the right sort of way. But but yes, from a protein perspective. It's definitely key to increase that intake over a 24-hour period. However, the timing is probably more important in and around your training sessions. So getting in a good source of protein and carbohydrates 20 to 30 minutes after you've done some sort of workout, whether it's a run or a strength session or, or whatever the case is, 20 to 30 minutes after that session, getting some form of, of protein in is really going to make all the difference from a recovery point of view and to help you build this, your lean muscle mass.
1: Absolutely. I tend to have some scrambled eggs usually after I've had a really big workout or I went on a long run and that just has really I think worked very very well for me as I'm getting older and I'm I'm almost 65 so far so good. You know, we are talking about food nutrition. You you mentioned carbs and weight always kind of a tricky subject and not something we're going to focus on too much here, but a study did come out this week or in the last 2 weeks about showing how uh, metabolism as it turns out doesn't really change until we're in our 60s which is very contrary to what we've been believing for very very long time like women mm-hmm. thought oh well yes of course I'm getting a little heavier because I've gone through menopause and you know I'm I'm over 50 and like my metabolism is slowing down and actually no <laughs> that's not true uh, as it yeah. turns out, until you're, you've are you crossed over 60. Um, this was a massive study, and that's really turning a lot of these beliefs about weight gain as we get older on its head. But that's a topic for another time. I just thought I'd bring it up because I'm so fascinated by it. Shona, tell me, please, we covered a lot of ground. What are your three biggest takeaways that you really want everyone listening in today to remember?
2: Yeah, I think you know my, my favorite one is, is, is that it's never too late. If strength training or resistance training is something that hasn't been a part of your world or your life, try not to be so intimidated by it. Give it a go. We really want you to start doing some form of strength training yesterday because it is honestly going to be so beneficial to, like I say, your activities of daily living, your quality of life, and your, your sporting performances. So, my first thing, definitely, it's never too late. You're definitely going to benefit if you start today. The second one would be <laughs> in and around the squats, that squats aren't bad for your knees, that uh, doing nothing is, is probably more <laughs> w- worse for your knees, uh, but it's the how you do it. It's it's the how and the technique and and just finding someone you trust and who knows what they're doing to guide you through that process. Yeah, and then I think the third part for me is, is, is that these effects of aging while natural you know, and this loss of strength is, is pretty natural, but we can reverse it. And I always say to my athletes, I'm always like, let's control our controllables. And so if this is one of the things we can control, then let's, let's get out there and do it because this is the one thing we can control. There's so much with aging that we can't control. We can control this. So we can reverse these effects of aging. So control our controllables. And yeah, those, those would be my, my kind of take-home messages.
1: Oh, I love those. Those are all mine too. Like you just said, my three biggest mantras, you know, control also- what you can, right? Really? And uh, it's never too late. I'm so important. And everyone, don't get overwhelmed. Just check out some YouTube videos. Look at Coach Parry. Look for Shona. Just get started. It's never too late to get started with building up your muscles, not at all. Shona, I can't thank you enough. Thank you for joining me today. Everyone, we will have links to Shona and Coach Parry and other things and NOF resources, as well as how to learn more about Shona Hendricks and the Coach Parry program at bonetalk.org. For more information about how to keep your bones strong and your muscles strong too and healthy for life, please visit nof.org regularly. We always hear amazing things from our guests, but we want to hear from you too. So visit bonetalk.org and go to share your story and tell us about your experiences. Finally, please do two things. One, subscribe to Bone Talk so you never miss an episode. And two, please share with all your friends and family. Until next time, remember this. We can't control getting older,
0: but we can control how we do it. Bye for now. Thank you for joining Bone Talk, the National Osteoporosis Foundation's podcast that shares information, strategies, and inspiration about good bone health that makes active aging possible. To learn more about bone health, to become involved and or help fuel NOF's mission with financial support, visit NOF.org.